All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor. After a huge win on the road against the Brooklyn Nets, Celtics take a 3-0 commanding lead in the series. Jason Tatum showing out with 39 points, man. Me and Lucas are riding pretty high tonight. We're riding pretty high. How are you feeling right now, Lucas? Listen, we're up 3-0 on the Nets, Patrick. I mean, I couldn't really be feeling much better at this point. Uh, masterful masterful performance from Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, just all-around great performance from the team, man. Rob Will came back. He caught a lob. He blocked a shot. I mean, listen, like you said right before we started recording, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves or anything like that, but I am feeling about as good as you could expect right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the vibes are right. Look, everything started clicking for the Celtics in the second half of the season. You know, a lot of the losses that you saw were either really close games or them just benching guys. And now they're rolling into the postseason, getting really, really healthy, getting Robert Williams back. He's feeling great. Man, this this team is looking good. And, and they got, like, con- contribute points from, like, guys like Peyton Pritchard, um, who are stepping up in the, in the playoff series on the road, which is kind of crazy, and um, just overall playing well as a team. The you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown wanted to make it very clear after that game two win that it's the Celtics, not Jason and and Jalen, you know, winning these games. So this team is is really coming together. I think there's a lot of chemistry on and off the court, and these guys really like playing together. Oh, 100%. Vibes are just immaculate right now. And I think Jason and Jalen saying that really shows, you know, their maturity. But honestly, if you've been a Celtics fan, you've known these guys have just been, Jalen and Jason in particular, have just been insanely mature since they've entered the league. Like Jason, everybody said it about him as a rookie. This guy looks like a pro. So, you know, to hear them say that is not shocking at all, but it is exactly what you like to hear. Um, Like you said, man, vibes are exactly where they need to be heading into game four with a chance to close out the series against none other than Ben Simmons, Pat. You know, I don't know. I kind of want to close it out in Boston just so I can hear the crowd, you know, get to wave goodbye to Kyrie and Ben Simmons. I think that would be, you know, a hilariously raucous crowd in Boston. But I think just for the rest purposes, it'd probably be best for the Celtics if they just could finish it up here in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, ideally, we don't want to play with our food at the end of the day, and, and right, we, we're, right, we're trying right. to be pretty level-minded with this situation. Um, we we also don't want to overextend, you know, Robert Williams, who's coming back. Uh, if we're able to get him even more rest days and not need him in for the rest of the series, uh, that'd be more ideal. Because uh, if we do end up taking down the Brooklyn Nets here in the first round, there's bigger fish to fry. You know, we, you're talking about a possibility of matching up with defending champions in round two and Milwaukee Bucks, and and that alone is going to be a huge task in itself. So um, Celtics should be focused right now on just uh, next game mode. You know, as Kobe Bryant once said, uh, job's not done. You know, what was there to be happy about? So um, it's cool that we got the victory tonight, but I think me and Lucas are on the same wavelength when we, when we say this, but job's not done. You know, we, we got we got a little bit more to handle here. Um, this is a revenge series for us, especially after how Brooklyn took us out in five games last year. Yeah, 100% agree. Iconic quote there from Kobe. You know, it's one of my all-time favorite Kobe moments. RIP, RIP to Kobe. You know, it's a Celtics podcast, but we still show our respect. RIP the legend, man. But, uh, you know, I agree with you, though. I mean, the job is not done. You know, 
I know there's going to be some Celtics fans acting like, you know, we just punched our ticket to the NBA Finals. Okay, we haven't even officially punched our ticket to the second round yet, like you said. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I don't think it's a crime to be feeling really good right now about the team, though, because you and I both do. But there's, like you said, job not done, a lot of work to be done left. We don't know who the potential second round opponent could be. And, you know, before I even should even worry about that, you know, we got to finish, uh, finish out the Mets. Like you said, you know, we learned the hard way by losing in five last year. So, you know, hopefully we can get that revenge and get them out a game quicker than they did for us last year. Yeah. And let's jump into this game. You know, what, you know, looking at the start of it, Celtics came out slow again, you know, um, I, I'm not really particularly happy with how the offense came out uh, a little sluggish, not, not really, you know, moving the ball enough, a little sloppy back to back games that they've had these, these slow starts and, and they've been able to overcome it, you know, throughout the game, obviously being up three Oh, but uh, you know, we don't want to start trending. You know, we don't want to start doing things that um, are looking like habits. And, you know, back-to-back games starting off slow is, is definitely not something I'm looking forward to um, seeing in the future if, if that continues. But I did think that they did respond pretty well, uh, you know, against Bruce Brown coming out hot, you know. And I think he knew this game was going to be really physical when Marcus Smart and Bruce Brown, they were getting into each other early on. And then they dabbed each other up after smashing into each other on, on like the very first possession. And it was just like, all right, so this is how this, this is going to end up going. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a pretty physical game. The refs have been letting both teams play with a lot of contact and playoff basketball is fun to watch because of that contact. And I like that. I think that contact is, is possibly the reason why the Celtics have been able to bother also Kevin Durant so well. A hundred percent. No, you got to be able to play physical with guys like Kyrie and KD in particular, because KD is a slender build. We all know that the slim reaper, man. So uh, you got to be physical with him, jockey him. Don't let him get to his spots, you know, make his life hard. And I think we can all agree. The Celtics have definitely done that. Uh, But as far as the first quarter goes, Pat, how many minutes into the game did he wait before he called his first time out? Man, I, I don't remember the time, but it was like a minute and 20 seconds. No, no, it wasn't that much. I kind of thought it was oh, like, no. like, you know, looking back, I thought it felt it, like that. I thought it was like a minute and a half, but it was like four. It was like three, three minutes into the game, pretty much. Man, he's so quick. I, I love Emay's timeout calls. Like, he, he is so precise when he calls his timeout, and he makes sense when he does. And then he's also good at not calling timeouts in situations, right. as we know. And I feel like I've, I've waited my entire life for a Celtics coach to call a timeout at the beginning of a run, as opposed to at the end of the run. Because, dude, I loved Brad, but it felt like. Uh, it felt like Brad would just wait a couple buckets too long in order to call the timeouts, and Doc would just let them play through it. So uh, shout out to Ime for that, man. Really love to see that. But, yeah, it was a little sloppy in the first in the first few minutes of the game. Ime called the timeout. And, Pat, the rest of that first quarter was awesome. Okay. To me, at least. I mean, they were flying around. They were moving the ball. It just goes to show who Ime is as a coach, really, that, you know, these guys came out sloppy. He was not – you know, maybe came out like they were already up 3-0. That's what I said to someone, you know, when I was watching the first minute and a half. You know, you call that timeout, get the guys right, focused. You know, they put on that sense of urgency. They don't let it linger. Okay, boom. It's a ball game. So, you know, that was – he called the timeout when it was 12-5. to And then, you know, from there on out, I mean, it was pretty much a uh, plus seven for the Celtics because the Celtics, what, won by six? So the Celtics, you know, won the rest of that game from that point on. So – 
Yeah, and, and talking about the fouls called, you know, there's only eight fouls called in that first quarter. Um, so the refs were just kind of letting both teams kind of play, let it play it out. Celtics were able to come back and, and get a nice little little lead um, going into that second quarter. Also, Tatum had 12 points on 50% shooting and 40% from three uh, in that first quarter. So just a great start from from Tatum as well. And then um, we kind of jump into that second quarter where, where things kind of really start flowing for the Celtics. And, and that's when they kind of start building on a lead. And um, a lot of that came from Peyton Pritchard. He came in and, and was on fire, man. I mean, he hit his first four shots, three shots, I believe. And he had like seven points off the bench and, and he just came to play, man. It's, it's very rare that you see role players like really get on heaters on the road. Um, that's normally when they kind of diminish, they're better at home, but Peyton Pritchard didn't, didn't care. He let off exactly where he started off in that fourth quarter back in game two and then came in the second quarter for the Celtics and, and was huge. He gave us a, a really nice boost off the bench. Yeah, that scoring boost and shooting boost in particular that Pritchard gives us off the bench, it really is huge because he gives us just a little bit of a different element than our other two point guards in Smart and Derek White um, because those guys are phenomenal. You know, I love everything about how they play, but they are just different than Peyton. Like Peyton is a guy who's going to give you a nice little uh, dribble series, maybe a snatch back in between the legs cross and hit a pull-up jumper on you. Those aren't things that Smart and Derek White are, you know, normally known for doing. And they definitely do not have the range. You know, it depends on the day for Marcus Smart, but Peyton is a knockdown shooter. So that element that he adds, like you said, on the play, on the road, in the playoffs, to go on a little heater like that, especially when you haven't necessarily been in a ton of NBA high leverage situations, if you're Peyton Pritchard, I mean, it's been really impressive to see, you know, what he's done the past couple of games. I, I really love that. And honestly, I just love to see just the growth from all season from him. I mean, we touched on it last show. I don't need to do it every show, but. It's been really good to see him work into the rotation and be a, a contributing player in, in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think what, what Peyton Pritchard has been able to give the Celtics, I think that's what we were hoping from Neesmith uh, and putting Neesmith uh, projection at. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's it's the other guy that you didn't expect. And Pritchard is the one that is answering that call and, and taking advantage. Maybe, you know, we talked about it. Neesmith works a little bit more in the offseason and, and continues to improve his game and, you know, we've, we've seen guys like Grant Williams take, you know, drastic jumps from a season to a season and, and really improve their game. Maybe that's in Neil Smith's cards, but for now, you know, Peyton Pritchard is answering that call and, and being a big time threat for the Celtics. Uh, another thing that, that was noted in that second quarter, we, we got to see Robert Williams back in action and he got his first basket, man, at the 820 mark, he ended up catching that lob and it just looked like normal Rob. Like he, he looked like he still had that big jump. He, he had that bounce with him and everything. He went up there. That that was my thing. It was like, well, is he going to be able to catch lobs at a high rate? And, again, he's, he looks fine. Like, he looks really good. He moves well. He, I didn't see him limping and pain, grimacing, or anything like that. Um, Robert Williams was really good in, in some limited minutes tonight. Yeah. No, it was great to see him back out there, man. I mean, like you said, he went up there and caught that lob like nothing had happened. Uh, he blocked a shot really impressively. Just looked like old Rob. You know, he may look to tad unsure, you know, which is natural for a player coming off a surgery only three and a half weeks ago. Uh, but for considering he's coming off a meniscus surgery, I mean, of course, I'm no doctor, but I thought he looked great. And, you know, it was good to work him back into the rotation, not overwork him, but definitely get him, you know, slowly ramped up because we'll definitely need him uh, 
against a team like the Bucks, you know, with a guy like Giannis or, you know, somebody with some a little more size than Brooklyn. So it's good to get him these minutes now. Yeah, um, definitely like the minutes there for Robert Williams to kind of get his feet wet. You know, he, he might get lost here and there, but it was it was a nice little uh, boost that we got from him. Also, you know, I, I kind of felt like this game was like game two, but reversed because you know how the Nets kept having that. It seemed like they always had like a 10 to 12 point lead and then like we cut it down to five and then they push it back to 12 and we cut it down to five and they could push it back to 12. This game had the same vibes, but we were the ones with a 10 point lead and the Nets kept cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down. It was like that throughout the whole first half, full, you know, pretty much the second half, even all the way to the end. And I'm just proud of the, of the team being able to, to not do what the Nets did and blow that. And, um, we had even had a lead as big as 15. So that was really impressive uh, by the Celtics to do. Also going into that halftime, Peyton Pritchard, 10 points. Kevin Durant, 7. So KD continued to struggle, man. Um, the Celtics put him in a jail cell. Or as some people say, well, man, they may have put him in a prison cell in the basement and threw away the key type situation. This team has done an excellent job of coming together as a collective unit and just really bothering them, making sure they're putting bodies on them and everything like that. I know main media again is going to be like, Katie's just not himself. Katie's this, you know, at the end of the day, the Celtics are playing a really good scheme. Still, they're just keeping the ball out of his hands. They're forcing it out. He did have a lot of assists tonight, but that's what you live with. Make the other players around him beat us. And that's been the recipe for success. And that's a big part of why the Celtics are up 3-0. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think, Listen, KD obviously should catch some flack here, but I think people are taking a lot of the KD slander too far because they're not necessarily giving the Celtics defense the credit it deserves. But you know that's what Twitter likes to do. They like to slander people more than prop people up. So it's really no surprise there. But uh, the Celtics defense, man, just really impressed me. Like you said, KD, you know, a lot of people were clamoring for him to get the ball out of his hands, maybe make some plays for other guys. Like you said, eight assists, right? Look at the result. Same result. So – I think we see now that the result was not just on KD shooting and not moving the ball. You know, there's a lot more that goes into the Nets losing than just KD shooting and not passing. Um, but then, you know, in that third quarter, Pat, I mean, the Celtics were hanging on to the lead for most of it. The Nets cut it down towards the end of the third quarter, but then the Celtics had three big buckets in a row to push it back up to nine going into the fourth. One of which was the smart pull-up jumper in transition path. That was the first time I saw Marcus heat check in what felt like over a year. Oh man, yeah, he he definitely had a heat check. He buried there. it though. He buried it. So <laughs> he did. Know, he did bury it. So he came and like be mad at him. And and, and smart played with a play with a lot of control. Man, honestly, like he's he's been playing pretty great. Uh, we haven't talked about Marcus Smart. I don't think enough, but he's out there hustling, playing hard, and and is the one of the better defenders and. He's a part of this collective unit. Didn't shoot particularly great, you know, 6 of 15, 2 of 10 from 3, but another game where he shoots more than eight three-pointers and the Celtics win. Yeah, that's crazy. That's two times in the last, what? Three games. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I felt like that was like the Marcus Smart curse for years, you know, and it's now been proven, you know, it wasn't real. You know, never that it was real, but – you. It's funny to see how things work out like that. You know, people used to slander smart left and right for taking shots. Oh, look, even when he's scoring, if he's shooting, that means, oh, things are going poorly. Well, look now, he's the defensive player of the year. 
And there's two wins with multiple well, multiple wins with 10 plus threes attempted for Smart. So, you know, where are the haters now, Pat? They are very quiet. The Marcus Smart haters. I know they are. So, you know, that makes me feel feel good inside. But the Nets did cut it down low. Like I said, man, they really did cut it down there in that third quarter. That little stretch, though. Smart had a bucket. Then he had the pull up. Jalen had a dunk. And I think maybe there were some free throws in there, which got it back up to nine. And honestly, I don't know about you, Pat, but I felt pretty good the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I felt pretty good most of this game, to be honest. Yeah, and, and it was even crazier was that yeah. Al Horford's been averaging 18 points, right, a game in the series going into this third game. He had zero points in that first half. So I just knew Al Horford was also in for a bigger second half. Um, the Celtics came out hot in that in that third. Like right off the rip, they went on a 5-0 run and, and caused Steve Nash to call a timeout in 59 seconds into that third. And they just kept causing turnovers and turnovers around Brooklyn. And then um, when Brooklyn would come back, then, then you talk about a huge play that I thought really swung the moon back into our favor was that crazy pass from Derek White to lead Tatum for an and one at that 313 mark of the third. Man, what a what a pass, oh. what a finish, and and what a what a great win play just to kind of get the the momentum back into the Celtics side. Amazing play by Derek White, man. He made that look easy. He had Tatum in stride. Beautiful catch by Tatum, beautiful catch and finish. You know, listen, I respect how Bruce Brown played. One of my least favorite plays is pushing someone to the back while they're going up for a layup. You know, I didn't really like that from Bruce Brown. Tatum banged into the stanchion. You know, I hate I thought Tatum was hurt for a second. My, my heart dropped. I, you just hate to see plays like that at all. So I didn't love that from Bruce Brown, but I was glad to see Tatum okay, get up, knock down the free throw. And, uh, yeah, that was one – I would say that is one of the, the defining plays of the game right there. I, I would 100% agree. That kind of uh, helped shape things, but – you know, like you said, I felt good most of this game, really. Not only in the fourth quarter, but most of this game. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like the Celtics have things under control. feels like their strategies are working. It feels like every uh, trick that, that Steve Nash has for the Celtics, Ime has two for the Nets. So uh, it feels like – I mean, no, it doesn't feel like it. The Celtics just have a massive gap in the coaching department. And I think that, you know, should not go understated. But I also think – the player personnel, I think that the Celtics are a better team, and we knew that coming in. And Jason is playing better than Kevin Durant. And outside of game one, I would say Jalen is playing better than Kyrie Irving. So, you know, the whole conversations, Pat, we had before the series was, you know, oh, how do these players rank? And we ran, we went KD, Jason, Kyrie, Kyrie and Jalen. So, yeah, realistically, it's been Jason. And Jay, Jason and then Jalen, right? Like, I mean, you could so you could say, I mean, listen, yeah, you could say Jalen. Where's Katie's probably what six on the list? <laughs> on I mean, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown might be ahead of both Kyrie and Katie now after these back to back games. I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's just crazy to see how they. Well, it's not crazy. I mean, we you've picked him in five. I picked him in six, but. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be this comfortable. I was very confident the Celtics would move on against the Nets. I was in many spirited debates with people who try to tell me otherwise, but the manner in which the Celtics are doing it, listen, it's it's just been impressive. It's been great to watch. Um, and hopefully, like we said, you know, the Celtics can get this done in four games. That would be awesome. Get some more rest for round two. Yeah, and, and speaking about Jason Tatum, uh, at one point he reached the 25 points and five steals um, in a game. And uh, 
Can you guess how many players in the playoffs have gotten 25 points and five steals in a game in the playoffs? Okay, so I just want to say our trivia questions are different. Okay. I love that. Perfect. I love this. How many players in the playoffs have had 25 points and five steals? Yeah, that's pretty hard. So to you're do. asking how many players or how many times? Yes. Okay. How many players? Michael Jordan. No, I'm not even asking who. How many? Number. Give me a number. Oh. Uh, uh, I mean, I was so off on the last trivia. I feel kind of self-conscious now. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to say seven. That's you're weird. correct. You're, you're on money. Um, Jason Tatum became the seventh overall to do it, and he's also Ooh. the youngest player to ever record 25 points or and five of steals in a game in the playoffs um, out of those sevens to do that. So Jason, Jason Tatum just – you know, cruising along with, you know, being an elite player, uh, elite playmaker, elite defender. Uh, he he might be knocking on that door. I know we were talking about top 10 before the season started, like getting into that range, getting to the Paul Paul George range. Man, I, I'm thinking he's he's knocking on the top five door, top three door. Like that's that's the that's the tier he's on now, right? Like you can't overlook it's we've seen a whole second half of the season. We're seeing it in the playoffs. Um the way he has leveled up his game and he's just polished every part that we're like, man, he needs to get better here, here, here. And it's like, now he's better here, here, here. And it's like, where's the next part that he gets better in? And it's really hard to tell me, like, you look at Jason Tatum's like, where, what part does he need to be better in? Yeah, no, I agree with you, Pat. I mean, listen, I've been going to bat for Tatum, you know, as one of the top players in the league for a little while now with a lot of people. Yeah, you get a lot of pushback, but I feel like that pushback is going to lessen after. I mean, he's doing this on the biggest stage. And tonight he was phenomenal, Pat. Some of the shots he were hitting, just ridiculous. He was making plays out of the pick and roll as the as the roll man and as the ball handler. You know, he was finding guys in the corner, in the paint. He was doing everything. He was playing elite defense. So I'm right there with you. He's a bona fide MVP candidate for me going forward, pretty much if he's healthy every year of his career, if he keeps it up like this, because I just don't know how he's not, you know, in a lot of people's lives. But, you know, obviously the numbers will have to be there to back up for the MVP case, but he is definitely one of the top five guys, you know, that you got to want on your team going forward, you know, for the next decade in the NBA. I don't think there's absolutely any question about that. Absolutely. And, and, and we're talking about Jay, you know, Jason Tatum now, but there's another guy I think we, we deserve well, before, to shine Okay, you got, you got a trivia? I, yeah, exactly. Before we move off of Jason. Okay, so Jason tonight had uh, the second career playoff game in Celtics history with 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, and five steals. Can you name the only other Celtic to do that in a playoff game, and I'll give you a hint: it is not Larry Bird. Damn, that was that was gonna be my yes, man. Um, That's why I gave you the hint. Kevin Garnett. No, it's a, it's a tough one. I'll give you I'll give you three guesses. It's kind of tough. It's not super obscure, but it's a little tough. I, I felt like KG was gonna be a good guess there. Um, that was a good, good guess. Because uh, isn't he like the second leader in in steals career? He's somewhere up there. Um, man. I mean, it is tough. This is tough. Another player to have done that? I, I'm I'm not even having any guesses here, man. I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself. Big Red, Dave Cowens. 
Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to guess that. I'll let you yeah, just right want to shout out Dave Counts because he does not necessarily get the respect that he deserves. But it's also been like almost 50 years, like 40 years since that happened in a Celtics uniform. So Jason Tatum, just unspeakable how amazing of a player he is doing things. He's constantly just breaking records, doing things that haven't happened in ages. And it feels like people gloss over it. But, you know, I know we Celtic fans don't, but Jason Tatum deserves his flowers. But Patrick, who is the other guy you were about to bring up? You know, I, I wanted to bring up Jalen Brown, his, you know, the other J here. And the reason I'm going to bring up Jalen Brown is because the re- big reason why the Celtics are up 3-0 in this series, as much as it is also a team and also Jason Tatum has been great, but Jalen Brown's fourth quarter performances have just been mind-boggling and insane. I mean, he had this play where he had Blake Griffin on him right at the time on the shot clock running down, and he hits a huge three over him, kind of start, you know, startles the, the Nets when they were trying to go on that little momentum run. And he was just killer, man. He's been killer in every fourth quarter to this point, and I've just been really admiring what Jalen Brown has been able to give us on in the fourth quarter. Uh, especially because it seems like the Nets really keen on Tatum in that fourth. And that's where you're like, all right, Brown, you know, you're going to get a favorable matchup because they're so focused on Tatum that they're not even thinking about helping on defense. And Jalen Brown has answered the call every single game of this series when it comes down to the fourth quarter. So again, Jalen Brown, pretty good at basketball. Pretty good would be an understatement for my money. Okay, you know I know you were you you were kind of just you know messing around there, but this guy is just unbelievable. You know I know fans are talking about he didn't play that well in the first. I don't really care. You know if he's showing up in the fourth quarter in the big moments, you know, and he's helping us win games, that's what I'm mostly concerned with. And honestly, we got to talk about Pat the little stretch, uh, you know, between pretty much him and Blake Griffin right in that fourth quarter. So. That was one of the times I stood up and yelled at my TV when Jalen kind of hit that step back three in Blake's face, right? I was like, okay, Jalen, Blake comes down, nails a three. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, uh, that made it a, uh, I don't know, that made it like a two-possession game. Jalen goes down, gets a layup, right, on Blake Griffin, okay? I'm like, all right, Jalen, get it right back. Blake comes down, hits another three. I'm like, all right. Is it 2014? Like, what is going on right now? And then, once again, Jalen, guarded by Blake Griffin, makes KD help off of Jason, kicks it out to Jason perfectly. Jason hits the three. So, you know, okay, Blake, you hit those two threes. It was cool. Felt like the crowd was happy for, you know, Blake in the moment. The Nets were gaining some momentum. But Jalen kept his cool in the moment, you know, understood he had a mismatch, took advantage of the situation. Did not and did not just put his head down to score. The second he saw KD help off Jason, he knew to get it to his guy, and his, he knew his guy would make the three. So shout out to Jason, shout out to Jalen, and shout out to Blake Griffin's lateral quickness. Yeah, man, it, it was a great um, setup by Jalen Brown, who just did a lot of good things. Man, he he was hitting shots, he was creating shots for others. Um, you kind of felt that maybe possibly Jalen Brown was in like a cook mode and. The Nets felt that, and they sagged off the best player who they were trying to avoid getting the ball. 
And then Jason Tatum kind of took it from there. Like he has as well in the fourth quarter. He kind of comes on late usually in the fourth quarter because of the attention he's getting in the beginning of the fourth. So it's, it's always up to Jalen Brown to kind of ease that attention off of Jason. Like these two need each other more than people will likely admit. And it's crazy as we talk about it every time it's like people really wanted these guys split up, but uh, it's, it's crazy how well they play together. No, they do complement each other wonderfully. That's why the idea of splitting them up was always just so asinine because they complement each other very well. They really do. You know, personality-wise, you know, on-court-wise, you know, like you said, they need each other more than I think people realize. And Jalen being able to alleviate the pressure in the fourth quarter off of Jason is awesome because, you know, the defense – is so focused on Jason, but Jalen can take you out with some dribble moves, you know, in an isolation setting, you know, go by you and create plays for himself and for honestly for others. He had a couple of phenomenal passes tonight. And I think maybe that's Pat, something that's gone under the radar, you know, with a lot of people, of course, but you know, even with us a little bit, Jalen Brown's been a pretty good, you know, distributor of the ball, you know, as far as the delegation of playmaking is concerned. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. I think uh, Jalen Brown's playmaking has been a lot better. His decision-making has been better in the postseason. Um, that's something we were concerned about going in. You know, like we had some of those concerns with him sometimes. Uh, so his, his handling kind of gets a little sloppy, and he doesn't always make the best decisions, and he can get in a little turnover funk. But in this series, man, he's he's been really solid at and taking care of the basketball. Um, and – We've been just taking about some favorable matchups. Uh, I mean, going into here uh, after the game, you may on the fourth quarter, he said we got some favorable matchups, picked on some things, pointed out all the points off of uh, turnovers in the Celtics scored, especially late. And that's kind of the key, man. That they're taking advantage of matchups, you know, whether – and it's not really who, who cares who scores, you know. Like, we're not even really worried about that. And the ball just finds the person who's open, and sometimes that's Jalen or, or Jason Tatum. Yep, 100%. I mean, that's why our offense is really working. It's not the isolation ball. It is, you know, find the guy who's open, you know, pass the ball and trust that if you are the guy who's open, the ball will come back to you. And I think that's a a big step in the Celtics offense and why they're able to become such a dominant team down the stretch and, you know, look to be an actual championship contending team when the playoffs rolled around. And they are looking like it, Pat. And I think – a lot of people around the league, from fans, media members, other teams, their eyes are being open to who the Celtics really are. Yeah, and, and we, we want to talk about Robert Williams here a little bit because we got a little bit more um, clarity on on why he only played six minutes and stuff in, in this game. You may have said Robert Williams could have played more. Um, he felt good. Robert Williams even said himself, I felt good. We, we got the dub, so I'm feeling a lot better. No pain, no setbacks. So – and, and Robert Williams, again, on his return, OG may be the happiest. Al may be happier than me. Um, I, I agree with that. I think Al Orford's probably really happy to get Robert Williams on the verge of coming back because he's been playing insane minutes. And, uh, you know, Al Horford has been really good in those minutes. However, at this stage of his career, he's probably looking to play more around like 35 if he has to, and not 42, you know. So um, I'm sure Al is very, very happy to see Robert Williams. And then – um there's another one, uh, a quote here that I just love from Robert Williams because Robert Williams is just 
just one of like the funniest guys I feel like sometimes with the media. And they said, when do you feel like you would be able to come back sooner? Robert Williams said, shit, right after surgery, if you ask me. <laughs> so the optimist, uh, you know, in, in Robert Williams uh, about coming in and, and contributing, he was excited to get back out there, man. And we're really excited to see what he's going to be capable of doing. And I'm also not, they're not really worried about it. Like Robert Williams says, he's not worried about it. Um, his minutes moving forward and you know, the coaching staff takes care of that. He has his own things he's got to take care of and handle business. So Celtics are sound like a very focused group right now and very poised. Um, really liking what I'm seeing from the whole team. hundred percent. You know, it was good to see Rob back, even if it's only for six minutes and I'm right there with you, Pat, if he's saying there's no problems, the staff is saying no problems, you know, I'm not going to speculate. So I'm, there's no problems, and that's good to hear. So hopefully he gets to play 15 minutes in game four. You know, hopefully we close out the series. Rob gets, you know, some rest, maybe some practices in, you know, before. Uh, you know, I really don't know how much they practice in between series. It's probably a lot of rest, honestly. But, you know, uh, he'll definitely be working out, of course. But, when, you know, it'll be good to get him some, some – hopefully some more minutes than six minutes in game four. But whatever the, the doctors and everybody deem necessary and correct, that is the course of action I am most comfortable with, of course. Yeah, we also have some more quotes coming out right now as we're, we're podcasting. Jalen Brown spoke with the media and said, I'm not worried about KD, what KD is thinking. Uh, I'm worried about what we're thinking. And But Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. So, you know, Jalen Brown noting, you know, Kevin Durant is, is going to – has the Celtics' respect. And they're not really worried about him and his funk. They're just worried about playing defense on him and trying to close the series out. Um, Jason Tatum um, also says is is not upset to have Robert Williams back. I'm extremely excited. I might be Rob's biggest fan. Rob and Bradley Beal are probably my favorite two players. Um, so just a great quote by Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum and, and uh, Robert Williams have always been pretty close. Uh, I think everybody who follows the Celtics pretty closely now understands that. So uh, they like to joke around, and, and Jason Tatum thinks he's a better rebounder than Rob at times. So uh, it's always fun when they throw a little jabs like that. And then Jason Tatum said, uh, my message to my teammates is nobody plays harder than we do. Said he's always telling teammates he wants the Celtics to be known as the hardest playing team. Said he wants to help set that tone. And, man, what a quote from the from the head of the snake right from the guy who is your best player saying he wants to set a tone to people that nobody else is going to play harder than this team uh you just got to you got to feel really good about this team now like there's no question mark i have in regards to the Celtics yeah he is uh tapped into a different animal at this point jason tatum has over the last 6 months he was always a phenomenal player but i think we've seen true development in him as a leader as an on-court leader as a locker room leader just in general really i mean just as as a player but not in the skill sense just as in you know his mentality you know he does less complaining now he'll still complain okay if there's a bad call i don't want to sound like an old head you know right now either but he does less complaining okay like you said he told he's the best. Okay, he's the best player on his team. He is a young superstar who can give you forty points on any given night. He can. He has a deep bag. When he's the one telling the rest of the team, we need to be the hardest playing team. That's what I want our identity to be. I don't see 
how the te- other teammates won't follow suit, especially when you have a dog like Marcus Smart on the roster who already is going as hard as he can every night, as we all know. Okay, so like you said, the question marks are – you said you have none. I can't think of any question marks off the top of my head. The Celtics are a contender. I'm just going to say that right now. They are contending for the chip this year, and if you don't see it now, you best wake up. Yeah, and, and another thing you, you should do is make sure that you wake up and, and you head over to our buddies over at manscaped.com. Make sure you guys go use that hoopball20 code to make sure you guys get that 20% off any type of product over there. Manscaped is going to get you right always for you know getting your beard, getting everything trimmed up You know downstairs. You, know, you want to look good. You want to feel fresh. You want to look you know, impress people this spring and this summer come out. Um, you know, everybody wants to show out, you know, it's been a long time since the world's really opened up since COVID and, and a way to get you in the right direction is going head over to manscaped.com. Again, use the code hoopball20 to get that 20% off. Yes, sir. You got to wake up every day, trim your beard, shave, no better place to get products to do that with than manscaped.com. Like Pat said, hoopball20 is the discount code for 20% off your order. Yes, sir. And, man, this this team is is something, man. Um, we, we went through a lot of roller coasters throughout the year. And just reflecting and seeing where we're at now has been so nice and refreshing. I'm, I'm excited, man. Uh, what, do you, what do you have some takeaways from, to this point to how we were feeling earlier in the year? Well, uh, I may have mentioned this on last show, but there have been a lot of teams over the years for the Celtics, which I've obviously loved, right? But this is different because I love this team because, A, they're mostly homegrown. Like, don't get me wrong, 2007, 2008 is, like, very formulative for, like, my basketball, like, watching career. It's probably one of the first five seasons I watched basketball, right, that 2007, 2008 year. But, you know, it wasn't or it wasn't it was traded for right it wasn't like a homegrown so to have guys specifically jalen jason and marcus be like the core of the team and then rob now obviously is the core of the team he's only been here you know a few years but he's still obviously part of the core to see homegrown guys like be the core part of your championship team no disrespect to paul pierce i don't want to you know i don't want people to think like i was forgetting that but um, it really has been special. And also we just are a championship contender. So for example, like those Isaiah Thomas teams, listen, dude, I love them. Right. I love those teams, but Pat, be real with me. Did you ever feel like that was a team that if everything went right for every other team, we had a chance to win the play to win the championship. Yeah, No, I think that so. was definitely an overachieving team. So I'd, I'd agree with you there. So this team is like the love that I have for pretty much all Celtics teams. I'll be in a few years, right? Um, multiplied with the organicness and then on top of the talent, you know, is just unbelievable. And to think that we would be up 3-0 in this series. If you told me we were going to be up 3-0 on the Nets in, in October or November, dude, I would have told you to get the F out of my face and, and, and quit pulling my leg. So, uh, you know, that's that maybe is uh should be a lesson for me, you know, maybe because Pat also I want to touch on this before we hear your reflections. But we talked a lot in the beginning of the season about you need blank amount of games. Right. 
before you know what a team is. I think we need to re- recalibrate that, right? I just think that I think I think it was just a flawed it was a flawed idea even because okay of course general gen, like you'll have a general idea of what a team is by twenty five games into the season but you're not gonna know exactly what because things are always it's ever changing these are like these teams are like organisms man they're people they're human beings so it takes a lot of time to adjust new players new things new coaching staff so you know. I'm going to take that L. You know, I thought things would be able to be figured out a little bit quicker. You know, we had an idea of what this team would be a little sooner. And, you know, I was definitely wrong about that. But, hey, Pat, I love to admit when I'm wrong when the Celtics are on the winning end of things. So thank you for proving me wrong. But, Pat, please enlighten us uh, with your reflections from this season and, you know, the past decade as a Celtics fan. Yeah, man. I mean, this this is definitely one of the better seasons. I'm I'm not gonna lie, as as a lot of people may know, uh, I am a big Kyrie Irving fan, and that was, he still is my my current favorite favorite Likewise. player. Like, when he's on the court, man, you know, you can say whatever you want about his antics and his off call, but him as a pure basketball player is is phenomenal to watch. And I will say, this team is up there with with the team that was led by Kyrie in, in the year where he said <laughs> the f word. Um, or he said the S my my you know private part, um, and the Celtics went on a crazy win streak. Uh, but this this team is definitely up there, and you're right, homegrown. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. I mean, four out of five starters, uh, normal starters. And I'm talking about Robert Williams is 100 percent healthy here, and talking about four of those guys were drafted in Boston. So to see this team come together and and it just hit these peaks uh, after hitting so many lows this season is, is phenomenal. Um, makes you really reflect and appreciate, you know, when, and those sample size, man, like this team's just an anomaly when it comes to that, like they just bend barriers. You didn't think we're going to be bent. And I think that's what makes us love them so much is because the adversity this group went through to get to where they're at now um, is, is just phenomenal. And I'm excited to see, you know, what else is store for them? Again, you know, job's not done. We, we got game four uh, against the Nets, and we, we got to focus in and, and lock in and finish this out, um, hopefully in four games. Uh, but let's not play with our food. You know, what do you think is some some of the key components here for the Celtics to, to close the series out? I mean, listen, keep doing everything you've done already, right? You know, make Katie's life hard. You know, force Kyrie into tough shots. Let guys like Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin beat you. Okay, Nick Claxton, we can live with that, right? But as far as things that can change, I would say maybe cutting down on the turnovers a little bit. And Pat, rebounds, offensive rebounds. Now, however, it is kind of hard for me to get super mad about the rebounds because you can clearly tell that the defensive strategy is kind of hindering our defensive rebounding only a slightly because if there's so many guys go like three guys with KD, right? For example, here's what I'm trying to say. There's three guys with KD. He's taken, you know, a, a fadeaway 14 footer. There's three guys in the vicinity. Okay. Now there's only two guys boxing out. Say the Nets send, you know, the four guys to the glass, you know, mathematically, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder to get the rebound. So I don't want to be too harsh on the guys for that, but I do think they could be a little bit crisper with their boxing out. Also, shout out to Peyton Pritchard for boxing out Nick Claxton tonight. Just want to shout him out for that. Okay, that was awesome. But uh, I would say cut on the turnovers. Try box out a little better. And uh, 
That's pretty much it for me, Pat. I really can't tell the Celtics to do anything better than they have been. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. I think uh, the team just needs to continue trusting the defense. Uh, They've been playing really well uh, on that side of the ball. And just keep playing together as a team. Don't overcomplicate it. The ball is going to find the best player on the team. Jason Tatum will get going. Jalen Brown will do his thing. Um, Overall, just be a collective unit. Uh, Yeah, I I have nothing much more to add as far as improvements-wise. I think they've been doing a lot of bully ball, and it's working. You know, keep – Keep doing everything that we're doing, and we could close this game out or close the series out in four games and shock the world uh, exactly what we're doing. Um, but that does uh, wrap things up, I believe, from me and Lucas. Did you have any other things to add before we wrap up the show? Uh, I think that does it for me. Sweet, man. Yeah, this is a long, long um, you know, podcast, but we do appreciate everybody sticking around and listening in. You know, it was a big win. Thank, thank you again. Head over to um, – Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys go rate the show. Also, make sure you guys go follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Celtics. You know, also follow me and Lucas. You know, at Ballin Opinions at Luca underscore Gainer. We appreciate all the support and love. And let's go Celtics, man! Yes, sir. Shout out to everyone who was here for the live show today. Appreciate y'all for coming through. Shout out to everybody who rates, reviews, downloads listens i know we have some loyal listeners you know who tune in every week every episode so really appreciate every single one of y'all um yeah like pat said follow us on twitter follow the show on twitter you know pat does a lot most of the tweeting uh you know from the account you know i'll occasionally throw something out there but uh pat has a lot of great tweets from the account so make sure you go on over there and follow that uh but yeah appreciate everyone for listening as always later